I feel bad because I don't. Yeah. I don't. I didn't say I feel bad, but I. I. Uh, okay. Uh, like I don't have a ton of like people have hobbies, you know. Like uh-huh. I'll I enjoy like playing golf, or I enjoy, you know. I mean, I hang out with my kids. That's right. uh, you know, I guess that's a hobby. I guess, but. Um, it's a job, right? Work work is work is kind of a hobby too because mm-hmm. I love what I do. So sure. it makes it. Uh, not always sure that's the healthiest, but okay. kind of where I'm at. So. Trying to be judgmental of myself, and so what did you do before you were a pastor? Yeah, so uh, I worked in the private sector. I was um, most the most recent job I had before I entered into ministry. I worked at a bank. I was okay. a uh, investment rep and cool. financial services, and and basically sold everything that the bank sold. Yeah. Uh, and uh, before that, I did a little bit of um, food service supplier sales. Mm-hmm. And then my first job out of college was I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that was a, each of those <laughs> jobs had, that was an interest. that was an experience. I was sure. a manager there and, you know, it was a lot like running your own business with other people's stuff, which yeah. was neat, but it was also, you know, kind of like retail. So, you know, you got, uh-huh. got kind of crazy hours and people coming in yelling at you. And sure. No, no, very rarely were people wanting to see us it was usually because Uh they were you know had an accident or uh you know had uh um you know somebody hit them or they had to go on a business trip or something i mean Mm -hmm. it was occasionally we'd have people with vacations but yeah most of the time it was somebody hit me and i need a car and then sure you know so so you did a few different things you know Mm -hmm. with the financial services do you and now you're in religion do you think Religion for many people is kind of testing different religions till you find one that's a fit for you, or is it just you go with one, you stick with it? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Sure. Um, but I I grew up in the church, but very nominally. Okay. So meaning that my family and I, uh, my parents and I went to church on Sundays, but it didn't really impact at all mm-hmm. how we lived our life. It was just kind of like the moral thing to do. Um, and I was out of church by 15. Uh, and I don't think, it was not that I necessarily didn't believe in God. It just, it wasn't really relevant to me. Okay. And so I, I just, I didn't really care a whole lot. And so then uh, I went a couple years of that. And then my, uh, when I was 16, my best friend was killed in a car accident. Oh, jeez! And uh, that, yeah, that was that was rough. Um, and it wasn't like I didn't blame God for that. Like I okay. blamed my other idiot friend who ran a stop sign and and wasn't uh, uh-huh. you know didn't do what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but it it it, it kind of put me in this place where I I there were things like when you're 15, 16, high school guy, you know, you want to be popular, you want girls, sports, like all those things. And I just had this really weird sense that none of that mattered anymore, not in the big scheme of things. And I didn't really know what did matter, but I knew it wasn't that. And so I kind of disengaged from a lot of those things and just really, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I don't have, I don't remember a lot of my junior year of high school because that was the, it was, it was in the summer before my junior year. Sure. And uh, I really feel like I was, I was sort of, 
dislodged from any sense of purpose. But I wasn't depressed. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was more just kind of numb. And um, so I, my senior year of high school, I started going to uh, a youth group, essentially. It wasn't attached to a particular church. It was like a, what's called a parachurch organization, okay. which is a ministry, but it's just, you know, kind of self-contained. Mm -hmm. It's not a, you know, not, not a church, you know, per se. And um, they were talking about Jesus in a way that actually mattered. And that was new to me because it was really just very much like historical figure, you know, like what it not really make any impact. But the way that, that it, the leaders would describe it, um, describe Jesus, describe faith, like it actually impacted something. Mm -hmm. it, and, and that was um, intriguing to me. And so I went, I went the first week and it didn't suck. And so I, I went back and, and kept going back and um, had an experience at, at a camp that was sort of like a mountaintop experience. Although I was, I was pretty much on board with Jesus leading up to that. You know, it wasn't like, you know, like I'm out of my element and emotional manipulation sure. or anything like that. Like I was like, all right, this is, this is legit and I'm on board. Um, so, you know, I think... I don't know. For for me, I didn't decide to follow Christ. Like it was not as though somebody presented me a list of options, mm -hmm. and uh, I picked the one that made the most sense. I remember very distinctly having two different um, two different experiences, two different times. One was during one of these kind of weekly gatherings of this group, and then the other was at this camp. And on both occasions, I remember feeling like. I don't have any idea what it means to follow Christ, but I know that I want it. And so Brennan Manning, who's a Christian author, uh, calls it being seized by the power of the great affection, that the love of God is so overwhelming um, that not in a controlling sort of way, but in a inv inviting sort of way that you just like, yeah, there's a choice, but why would you choose anything else? But the question I have is how do you know if you're being loved or it's being directed towards you? Like, mm -hmm. if I meet someone who goes back and forth with religion, I do consider sure. myself having a, a faith my a faith in my own God. But, you know, I can never say I've, like, felt the presence of God directly. Sure. I mean, tell me about that. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, wow. Um it's like you just you just kind of know when you know. I mean, okay. I really wish I could make it more tangible than like that. Like meeting your wife, you or know? Something? Yeah, I mean, you just like like for me, it was um, it was just hearing because you know there 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 the idea that there's no absolute truth that you know well you know you worship your God I worship my God. Like, yeah, but like how many gods are there? You sure. know, like, like there, at, at some point you, there's a, you have to recognize, like there are, I hear people say that all religions essentially have the same message. Sure. And I think you can say that if you've mm -hmm. never really studied them because they don't all have the same message. Okay. There's, there's very different, you know, the, the, um, the way in which. Judaism plays out versus Christianity playing out versus Islam versus Hinduism versus Buddhism. Like they all have very different ways of playing out. 
there's certainly some some teachings and you know how we relate to each other and and some of the characteristics of God like there's some there's some common ground in there but in terms of like what is this religion what is this faith trying to accomplish is very different mm -hmm. and, and so like at some point we have to be honest about that and say all right well I ca you, you kind of got to pick one and go with it yeah. you know and and so and so uh -huh. for me like the framework of the, the, what I'll say I'll say this so so the difference between Christianity and every other religion is that boiled down to it most the other religions are about human beings trying to attain something like enlightenment um you know in hinduism it's moving up the scale of you know uh mm -hmm. reincarnation and i you know i want to be reincarnated as a you know some something awesome versus something sure. that's not awesome you know mm -hmm. and like my behavior in that is is such um, you know, they're the, the, in Judaism, it's, it's the law and keeping with the law and in Islam, it's the five pillars. And, you know, if, if I do these things right, then God will be pleased with me. Christianity is completely different. It, it's a, it, it, Jesus came because we can't keep the law. Like we can't, um, live life as it was intended to be lived we need to be rescued from our from ourselves and and very i mean that's very basic and boiled down but it's essentially it's that it is that you know john three sixteen, like god so loved the world that he sent his only son that whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have eternal life like we can't um we can't achieve that on our own all the, all the other the other faith systems and this is no disrespect um, and maybe, maybe even overly simplistic, but ultimately like the, 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 pro the promise in those religions is based on what I do. And, and in, and in Christianity, the promise, uh, is based on what God did. And, and, and so for me, I am acutely aware that I cannot make myself perfect. I cannot make myself good enough. Um, let's see now, I feel like at least most Christians that I've come across, they, you know, if they notice that you're doing a sin or something, they'll call you out and think you're oh, yeah. wrong and bad. Yep. And that that's what has pushed me away from I, it, is and, that and negative. It, it would push me away, too. Yeah, it, you know, it pisses me off. So, right. So, so um, there's a guy named uh, Tullian Tavichin, who was a former pastor. Awesome. Who has, uh, he has, it's, it's actually Billy Graham's grandson. Really? One of his grandsons. And Tullian was a pastor and had a complete and total abject moral failure. I mean, he completely mm -hmm. obliterated his life, okay? And then he kind of recovered and was trying to get back into ministry, and then he did it again. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, it, then you, like you, like I think there's grace for, like Christians will give grace for, to people when they blow it once. I mean, they'll call you out. Sure. But, but you know, if you kind of show your contrition and mm -hmm. repent and whatever, like, they'll, they'll let you come. They'll let you come back from a big failure once. Mm -hmm. Not twice. And uh, so he did it twice. Um, and, and, and he's, he, certainly there are consequences. And he clearly in the wrong, like, made some really bad choices. Um, but he, ha he has this great line about how how so many christians what they believe their faith is ultimately about and and 
Most won't ever say they think that this is what it is, but functionally speaking, this is what they think. And that it's, it's, it's about doing more, trying harder, getting better, or else. Uh -huh. And uh, that's kind of what all the other religions are about too, right? Yeah, so, that's just, so that's uh -huh. that's why people don't think there are there is a difference. Sure, you know, um, when you it, when you realize that there's nothing that you could do, there's no more effort you can put in. There's no better that makes God love you any more or any less. Um, another line that he has is, is God has to love bad people because bad people are all that there are. And, and, and it's, it's pretty bold. Like, but we're, we're really all, we're all one bad decision from complete moral implosion. You know, we're, we're certainly there are people who do good and you know, it's that. But aren't we all God's doing and God's creation? Like, I guess isn't he the one to? Well, yeah. I mean, we are created in God's image, but but we also have free will, and in our free will, sure. we tend to we tend to make <laughs> bad choices, yeah. right? And and so, you know, when you if you look at the the narrative of of Scripture and and um, the ways in which uh, humanity, God's relationship with humanity, is described throughout all the mm -hmm. books of the Bible. Um, you see this common theme of God showing up, God blessing, God sustaining, God protecting, and humans getting comfortable and complacent and, and wanting and thinking they know better and chasing after other, sure. you know, whether they're actual gods of other religions in, in, you know, in the old, but, or the gods of, of money, the god of sex, the god of you know, you name whatever, whatever idol, you know, that there is. Who's the god of sex? Well, I'm talking about like, <laughs> like, like, like putting sex on a pedestal gotcha. as like, right? Okay. Like this is, I'm, this is more, any, anything that we put, um, in, in terms of priority ahead of God okay. is, is an idol. That's, that's sure. what I mean by that. I mean, I'm sure there's a god of sex in some religion, but I don't, I don't know who that is. It was Charlie Sheen's for a little bit. <laughs> well, right? he does have tiger blood, so, um, so, so, you know, there's this, Throughout, you know, the Old Testament, throughout, you know, like, there's this pattern of, you know, God showing up, humans being grateful for a little bit, and then deciding, no, we're going to do it our way, and then the natural consequences of that, and then human beings realizing, oh, wait, we're stupid, God save us from our, from our, the, the consequences of our actions, sure. and God says, okay, like, I have made a covenant with you. I love you, like I'm gonna, you know, and, and just, and then the pattern starting over again, yeah. you know, and, and so, um, you know, whether you take the Bible literally or not, like, it still describes me. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's not, so, so I just, you know, I, I think the, the recognition that, like, what I need, I need God to rescue me because I'm not capable of that, um, you know, is, is kind of, for me, what is, one of the attractive features of, of, of Christianity, but like, you know, to go back to your question, it, yeah, it is a lot like meeting my wife. Like you just kind of know, yeah. you know, you just, and, and I, I don't know how to help people necessarily who wrestle with that other than to say, um, keep, keep exploring. Sure. Like, you know, for me, it took 18 years oh, to get awesome. it. 
you know, I was 18 when, when I really was, was grabbed to it. Um, and the events of my life had been, had aligned in such a way that like I was ready to receive it. And, uh -huh. and, you know, God's never late. Um, there, there's, sure. you know, I, I think the more exposed I was to the real Jesus and not the Jesus I thought I knew yeah. and the real Christianity, not the Christianity I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then Christians who actually were living it out mm -hmm. instead of the judgmental stuff that you, you reference. I think when I was exposed to that, um, that, 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 that facilitated an environment for me that I was able to hear okay. that that's, so I guess if, if, you know, for you or anybody else who's, who's wrestling and exploring, like I would just say, you know, find, find a church that talks about the real yeah. Jesus, Shame. talks about the real faith and, and does, tries to do the things that Jesus says, even though we're imperfect and not going to, sure. you know, do that and, and hang there for a while and see what happens. Okay. That's, that's the best I got. No, it's awesome, dude. I love it. And you mentioned your wife. How'd you meet your wife? Uh, so we met on eHarmony. eHarmony? eHarmony, nice. yep. Yep. So this was before, and I know you've been doing a thing on dating apps, uh, and, and this was before, like, apps, and, you know, this is 2008 uh -huh. when we met. Uh, I was unemployed, so this is this is a whole other reason why I see God at work in my life. Okay. Uh, there was no good reason why she would have wanted to date me. Really? Like, I was unemployed, uh, n you know, no money, um not I owned a house that was kind of not great um like the, the the tangible things you think you bring to the table sure you know like I didn't have them and uh so she was living in Colorado at the time and I had um I had gotten a a trial membership it was like you buy one month and they give you three okay. months for free or something like that and my subscription was getting ready to expire within the week and I wasn't going to renew it and uh so I get matched with her, and the way eHarmony would work is you could you could jump straight to like open communication, sure. or there they had these stages of it. And since I wasn't keeping it, I just sent her a message and say, "Here's my email. Contact me if you're interested." Mm -hmm. No expectation of anything. Yeah. So I get an email from her, and she explains, you know, she's living in Colorado, she's moving back to Toledo, uh, and you know, so I'm like, "Well, let's you know, you want to talk on the phone? Like, I, I don't sure. even know how to do yeah. this, you know." And <laughs> she's like, "No, let's just meet up." I'm like, "Okay, great." So. So uh, we decided to meet at Starbucks, which uh, at the time neither of us drank coffee, uh, and oh, so that's good. but it was a public place, and and <laughs> so uh, I drink lots of coffee now. Um, but uh, we met, and had, you know it was a it was a, a good first meeting. I wouldn't say that it was love at first sight for either of us. Okay. And it's funny I, I told this story at, at uh, on Sunday that um, not only should we not because if she would have waited another week to change her profile back to Toledo, uh -huh. we wouldn't have met. Yeah. So, um, and then when we did get matched, I did not put up the most attractive profile photo. <laughs> so, yeah. so this was back in the day when you could take pictures on your camera, but they were really crummy. Uh -huh. And then I did it in my garage, like in the evening. And so it was all grainy and shadowy and extreme close up. And like, it was just, it just was not. And in fact, later on, she told me that the, she was not, she did not communicate with me because of my picture. <laughs> And, oh, that's good. And I'm like, well, thanks, honey. You know, like, that. <laughs> but but uh, clearly, she met me in person and just saw how dad, how 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 oh, good looking I was. Well, and, of course. And, and uh, but yeah, so we we started hanging out, and it was, it was super interesting because I was uh, we had gone out three times, and I, I just wasn't feeling it, and it wasn't anything to do with her. 
um, I, you know, maybe it was in my own head or, or something. And, uh, cause there was no reason why I should not be falling for this person. Like sure. she, we had similar, you know, faith values, similar goals, similar perspectives on lots of things. Um, she's, she's beautiful, um, fun, good conversationalist, uh -huh. like all, she checked all the boxes, yeah. but it just, I just wasn't feeling it and I just couldn't figure it out. And I remember, um, driving to her house, we had planned a fourth date. We were going to go to Barnes and Noble and hang out for a little bit and then go, her friend was a, like a country music, very small time mm -hmm. singer. And we were going to go see him perform. And, uh. So I'm, I'm driving and I'm praying and I'm like, God, like, there's no reason why, like, I don't know what's going on here. There's no reason why this is not, not, I'm just not feeling it. Like I either need to feel it or I need to like cut, cut her loose. Like sure. for, for her, for the sake of, of her, like this is not, you know, it's not fair. So, uh, get to her house, pick her up. She was living, she just moved back. So she's living with her parents still. Get in my car, you know, we talk and explain, you know, nothing, nothing special. And we pull into the parking lot of this Barnes and Noble in Toledo where I'm from and get out of the car, walk around the car and for the first time really like look at her. Cause I, you know, she just came out, like I didn't go to the door check and get her, her like whatever. Yeah. Well, just like, <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't even like check her out. It was just like, I was seeing her really for the first time sure, sure. because I've been driving and just not really you know, and I look at her and I'm like, holy crap. Oh my God. She's hot. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is jackpot. And like the whole time, uh -huh. that whole night, I just like, couldn't keep my eyes off her. Yeah. Like it was just like something, something, a switch just flipped. Yeah. And, and That's like from awesome. that moment on, it was, it was, it was on like Donkey Kong, man. Like we were together and uh, kind of, you know, had our, had our Facebook official conversation and, and, uh, you know, started dating and within three months we knew we were getting married and, yeah. you know, we, I didn't end up proposing until, you know, several months, about, we dated for about a year and then I proposed okay. and, and we were engaged for 10 months, uh, and then got married and that was, that was eight years, a little over eight years ago. Wow. So, yeah. So two kids and, you know, a couple of degrees and job changes and, wow. you know, all that. So. Yeah. Never had to deal with the tinder. Yeah, lucky, so, lucky but, you. Uh, but, you know, have I you had, had some weird, have you it. had odd experiences? Like you know, I never that? did. I didn't really do much. With, so, because I I didn't really get very far in eHarmony with Laura was really the only one. Really? She's had a couple, she had a couple of crazy experiences. I couldn't with, imagine uh, being a woman or a girl yeah. on one of these apps. So, eHarmony does it pretty well. Because, like, it's not like some of the other ones where it's basically meat market. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you look for that, you know, for guys are looking for the hot picture and, sure, and sure. you know, um, there's, you know, they, eHarmony, you fill out this big, long survey and they, they have an algorithm that matches you with other people mm -hmm. who, who've had good, you know, things that you, they think will match. Sure. And then they, there's a guided communication process or you can just jump to the, you know, which is what I had done. Uh -huh. She went out with a guy. She told me that, um, first date went fine. Second date, she went to the restroom, came back, takes a sip, sip of her water, and it's all salty. Really? Like, as a joke, he dumped salt in her water to be funny. Oh and she's like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and my wife is much nicer in situations like that than Shit. I am. Like, she's just very sweet, but she kind of, 
that was kind of the end of that. Well, I hope and then, so, yeah. and then she went out with this guy a couple times, and it was like second or third date. And his younger brother was getting married in Hawaii, and she was living in Colorado Springs at the time. Uh -huh. And he just kept talking about how, like, he couldn't believe that his younger brother was getting married before he was. Yeah. And, like, in a super weird, almost like, is this guy going to propose to me? Like, that, like it was that kind of intense. Uh -huh. like, and so he invited her to go with him to the wedding in Hawaii on the third date. Mm. And... She just had this weird sense that, like, and it was a couple months away, and just this sense sure. that, like, he was gonna ask her to, like, eventually ask her to marry him in Hawaii <laughs> on the trip. Like, it was just, it was too much reality yeah. for the, you know, so that she kind of, she kind of ended that. But that was really only her, her experiences, and and uh, yeah, I, I, I never, I didn't really date a ton before her. Mm -hmm. um, I was very kind of laser focused on. Just the stuff I was involved with sure. and, and ministry, and I, there were there was a there was a girl in, in late high school and through most of college that I just kind of always thought we would get together, and it it never happened, it happened and, yeah. and and that that was good. I mean, I you know I I look back and just kind of recognizing, um, yeah, Laura was the right fit. In fact, I a few months before I met her, a, a mentor of mine had challenged me to make a list. And, uh, very specific, like all the things you're looking for in uh, in a future spouse, and uh, just kind of a make it make an agreement with God that like if they don't check these boxes, like you're not going to move forward with it. And sure. so I did. I I came up with 22 items that uh, that I um, and there were some very kind of specific worldly things like she had to be an Ohio State Buckeye fan and she like things like that, and then also like. I knew that I wanted to be a pastor someday and, mm -hmm. and she had to support that because not everybody does like not yeah, every, yeah. not every woman wants to be a pastor's wife. And, and so she had to support that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, she checked all the boxes and then some stuff that I never thought I even needed, yeah. you know? And, and so that was great. And she had a similar list as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I checked the boxes on that. So it was, it was pretty awesome. So nice. yeah, didn't really have to mess around with the, the nonsense. Well, that's easy for you. You <laughs> lucky. <laughs> Hey man, I I'm I'm fortunate and but I'm nah. not uh, you know I am uh, more blessed than I deserve. Put it that way. I'm sure you deserve it. But you know one thing that I was I think I was watching a documentary on Nirvana or something. The band. Kurt, yeah, okay. Kurt yeah, Cobain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is this is something I want to ask you. And, yeah. You know, of course, Kurt Cobain committed suicide, right. and it seems like so many people now are committing suicide, and it's terrible. But it is. It is. Yeah. And not to get this into a suicide thing, but what sure. I was thinking was, if does God, like Kurt Cobain died after he put out this amazing art and this amazing mm -hmm. music. Sure. Now that happened to so many great artists out there. Yeah. Does, do some of these people die at a young age after they did this amazing work because they served their purpose? Like, I mean. Well, so I was in, I was in, I think, junior high, because I think that was 93 that Kurt Cobain died. I mean, let's be real. Kurt Cobain was a drug addict. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I would bet that there was probably some mental illness yeah. going on as well. Um, just kind of, and I don't, I wasn't a fan of Nirvana, but I, you know, I was a, culturally aware enough sure. to know. Um, I would say no. I, I, I there, there are a lot of people, you know, we want to make meaning around things that we don't understand. 
<laughs> you know, and, and I and I totally, I mean, I get that. Um, and we, we want certainty and closure. And we don't know how to hold the tension when there is no explanation. Mm -hmm. uh, and Christians are just as guilty, if not more so, than, than um, a lot of people. But there, like, there's just some things that are above our pay grade to understand. Sure. A and um, for me, that's where faith is helpful because it's, I don't want to say it's a crutch, although I, I'm sure someone could hear this and interpret it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's helpful to know that there's something out there that understands when I don't. And that is present in the midst of that and understands pain because Jesus experienced pain. Sure. Jesus experienced rejection. Uh, Jesus was rejected pretty much his whole life by the people he came to love, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so he gets that. And that's comforting to me, um, maybe not satisfying, but my need to be satisfied isn't necessarily a, that high on God's priority sure. <laughs> priority list. So, um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I think cause, cause there's like, if you play that argument out that, okay, well he served his purpose I mean, and that's why he's yeah. gone. Right. So well, what about, what about the five-year-old who, who dies of leukemia? Right. Exactly. Like, like yeah. that's so, so like you put that argument, like again, sounds nice, but then like yeah. you gotta, you gotta play it out. So for me, I, I would, I would rather attribute it to here was a very troubled man uh -huh. who um, maybe had mental illness, certainly was a drug addict, um, and was um, in so much pain that there was no hope. He saw no way out, and and this was the only way out that he saw, and it's incredibly tragic. Sure. Um, and God doesn't. You know, that's not what God's intention is for anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but we live in a world where this stuff happens yeah. because of just brokenness and, and you know, stuff that God never intended to be a part. Um, people wonder, okay, well, where, God, where is God at in the midst of those things? Mm -hmm. and, and I would say that God is, God is on the cross. Uh, that, that that's, it's for that very reason that Jesus came. Um, and, and we want it to happen now. Like we want it fixed now. Uh, and that's not how God functions and mm -hmm. at least in my understanding. Um, but I trust that there, that in scripture, you know, tells us that there will be a day when, when everything is made right and everything is made whole and every tear is wiped away and things will be restored, um, to, to what it was intended. And we live sort of in the space between that you know, creation and, and what was intended and, and what will, what will come again. And, and so the, the faithful presence of, I'm going to trust that that's coming and live as though that's coming, uh, not in sort of an indulgent selfish way, but in a way of like, I'm going to tell people about that because I think sure that's a far better truth than, well, we're on our own and whatever happens, happens. Like, that's not helpful. <laughs> uh, be, being a pastor and a yeah. man of religion, do you do you deal with a lot of backlash or negative? You know, because there's been a lot of negativity mm -hmm. in the church and things like that. Do you, does that come on to you at all? Like, do you have to um, do you have to like bat, like defend the church a lot? You feel or, or your, your religion? So so you know, 
I think I think that uh, there there is I think the church gets some flack that it deserves. Sure. And I think it gets some flack that it doesn't. Okay. Um, because we tend to look at the Franklin Grahams of the world, the Jerry Falwells of the world, um, the the idiot down in Texas, John Hagee, uh-huh. him, and we, the, the um, people who are very critical of the church, look to them as speaking for the rest of us. Sure. And I think that's pretty unfair. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty intellectually dishonest. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that, that there's a lot of diversity in, in Christianity. Sure. Um, there are people of various political persuasions. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am disgusted by some of my brothers and sisters in Christ and the way in which they've aligned politically on both sides uh-huh. and the way that they play that out. Um, I find it absolutely not faithful to the gospel. Um, and, and there are a lot of people like me who feel that way, Sure, who are tired of, of it. You know, Jesus, what Jesus stood against, I don't want to say against Jesus stood separate from the empire. And, and for 2000 years, well, not 2000 for about 1600 years, Christianity and Christians have tried to co-opt the empire and the empire has tried to co-opt the church. Uh-huh. And, and so you see a lot of that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get, I, I can totally have, have empathy for people who have been hurt by people in the church. Sure. Um, and who stay away. What I will also say is if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, that doesn't mean you stop eating. Uh-huh. Um, it's a good sign. You know, that that's so but I wouldn't say that to somebody sitting across from me like mm-hmm. ha, who I'm counseling who was abused by a priest or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, like yeah. like I, I you know, I want to I want to, you know, we got to care for the mm-hmm. um for the people you know who've been hurt, but there's also I think some you know responsibility to um I don't know, not responsibility, that's not the right word, but I guess if 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 you're, there's always going to be people who are going to be throwing grenades at something, yep. you know, and, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like I, if, if you, if you have a charge to levy against the church, maybe it's valid, but recognize that, uh, it's, uh, not always that valid. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Dude, somebody's knocking on a ring on the doorbell from, I'll, I'll pause it here. Yeah. Maybe. I'll go poke my head. All right, yeah, his packet's rolling. Had a little loss. Uh, somebody knocking on the door. Yeah. Jesus, somebody's always calling for <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah, this time it was the Boy Scouts. The Bo- Boy Scouts, there you go. So where were you? I... Yeah, so I mean, you were asking about, like, do I feel like I have to stick up for the church? Um, no, I mean, I, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't need to win. Okay. Um, if I'm, if, if I'm right about my faith, like, That'll be proven. Sure. If I'm wrong about my faith, that'll be proven. When you die, it'll be proven. Yeah, or whenever. Sure. You know, I mean, so so for me, I'm very, I'm not very anxious about that type of stuff. Um, 
and, and I just, you know, I tend, I try to focus on just Jesus and, and who sure. Jesus was and what he did. And, and you tend to not get into like political debates when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, I do think there's a, di- a difference between politics and partisanship. And so I don't get partisan. I will talk about politics in the sense that, you know, politics is about relating to the people and how governments relate to people. And doesn't really matter if you have an R or a D next to your name. Sure. Like you can relate to them with justice, or you can relate to them with not. I was very vocal uh, when, uh, when the during the family separation issue, um, you know, when they went at the border, when they were taking kids yeah. away from families, and the way that I was very vocal about that uh, through you social say, media. You say and, vocal. And, what were you saying? Um, that it was nonsense, and it was okay. not not needed, and it was mm-hmm. unjust, and and it was. Um, you know, it, it was, it was racist and it was, yeah. you know, and, and, um, it just was completely like, I don't see how, I don't think there is a Christian defense, mm-hmm. like, like a Christ centered biblical defense for that. Um, and I have people who disagree with me and that's fine. Sure. Like they can be wrong. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, you know, but I got into, uh-huh. I mean, there were probably five or six Facebook posts that, you know, with a hundred plus comments from sure. people and some of them were in agreement, some of them weren't. And uh-huh. some of pe- I got unfriended by people and that's, that's fine. Like, you know, I, I don't, I just don't, I just don't need to win, you know? Um, it's, not, it's not your job to, no. I mean, I mean, it's not your job to like change people's minds or things like that or, you know, have everybody like you. It's your job to spread your positive message. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, yeah, like if somebody, if, if, you know, in the course of your, your spiritual journey, like Jesus becomes real for you, like sure. that's awesome. But I don't, I don't take responsibility for that. Yeah. I take responsibility for how do I relate to you in a way that demonstrates mm-hmm. the real Jesus and not some other, you know, that's, that's on me. But even in that, like I'll probably screw up, you know, at some point. And yet God is faithful and the Holy Spirit works in even the times we screw up. And so, like when you know that, yeah. when you believe with your every fiber of your being, as I do, that God God is, um, not that God is on your side, because I don't think Jesus takes sides. I think Jesus takes over, mm-hmm. and 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 so when when it stops becoming about like right and wrong and you know like who like winning an argument, and and more about what is faithful to the call of Christ to follow him potentially to my death, whether metaphorical or physical, when that's what it's about, it doesn't, I, I, there's just nothing to be anxious about. Sure. You know, not that I don't, you know, get that way, but sometimes, but I just, if, if, you know, if people are mad at the church, like I'm mad at the church sometimes, Sure. you know, and sometimes it's for the same reason, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think it. You have you you have to be a follower of Christ, and and be, hundred percent happy with the institution, uh-huh. recognizing that it's still Jesus's church. You know, like Jesus yeah. loves the church. I need to love the church, even when I don't always like the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Now I went to your I went to your service a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah, I want to hear about that. No, it was a really it was a really cool experience. Oh, I excellent. Mean, I'm glad I, to hear that. I, I have a few stories from it that okay. I want to share with sure. you. Sure. 
First, I really loved what you did with the, the kids and gathering okay. them around. Yeah, children's Ta- sermon. Yeah, ta- say a little bit more because I'm going to mess it up. Yeah, so it's so we do a children's <laughs> sermon every Sunday, and it's always grounded in, in whatever I'm talking about with sure. the adults. So the way we – and there's lots of different ways that kids are, are handled in church. Some churches, uh, you know, you drop your kids off at the kids' area, yeah. and then there's adult church and, and kid church. Some churches, you have kids in there the whole time. For us, we, we, we really discerned that what would be most effective for us is that if the kids are in there uh, for, for the, the singing and they have their own sermon from me, and I think that's really important because they need to know that I'm their pastor too, uh, and, and then they have a developmentally appropriate time where they can engage in whatever we're talking about in the sermon, sure. but at their, at their level. Mm-hmm. And then they come back for communion uh, which is really important because at, up until about the age of seven or eight, really developmentally kids understand ritual mm-hmm. and they understand that the things that their parents think are important. Yeah. So if they see their parents worshiping and they get to participate in the ritual in some way, that's what they can gravitate to. And so, so that's what we do every, every week. Uh, kids yeah. are in, do stay in worship with us the whole time once a month, and that gives volunteers a break, and it also... Mm-hmm teaches them how to be a part of the worship experience uh, with their with their families. Well, it's um, really cute because what they do is all the kids sit in the, sit in the front, front front of the church and they just kind of pray or do a, you do a prayer and say Yeah, so like I, I talk for a little bit, Super tell cute, a story. Yeah. I try to have an object lesson that uh-huh. has to has to relate uh, to it. Uh, was was that the were you there the week when I was doing God calling on the cell That's phone? That's what it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you know, I try to. And, and and I'm so fortunate for my wife, who is a former elementary school teacher, uh-huh. and who can kind of help me craft some of these these things that are engaging for them. Uh, but I've had adults tell me that the most powerful part of the service for them was the children's sermon, because yeah, it's, it is very object lesson driven, and and so they're up there for a few minutes, and then we we pray, and we have this prayer ritual that we do every every uh, that I just kind of made up one Sunday on the fly, mm-hmm. and sure. it really stuck, and so they love it. And I have parents tell me, you know, that they go home and. They're praying at the dinner table, and and the kid says, "Well, that's not how Pastor Eric prays." And like <laughs> they have to do the the, yeah. the prayer that we do in children's in the children's sermon, children's moments. Well, so, it's uh, funny when you. I don't know if God sent me to your sermon or your service, mm-hmm. but when while you're doing the kids thing, I was sitting in the back, and I was at the edge of the edge of the seat thing, and this elder lady got mm-hmm. in, and she wanted to come and sit down, so I she wanted to get you know on the other side in mm-hmm. the inner seats. Yeah. So I stand up, let her in, and as she's walking through the aisle, she trips over the seat. Yeah, she's she's about to do a full tumble. Old, right, eight like probably a 70, 80 year old lady was. Oh yeah, fall. yeah. She's I know. I saw this whole thing happen <laughs> as I'm doing the children's moment, and I grabbed I'm, her arm and. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what, what's going on? And like, this is his first time here, and now. I'm not gonna say her name, but this person is is like collapsing on him, and it was yeah. So I'm trying to like do my thing and also be aware of of kind of what's happening. So yeah, I had a coffee in hand, so I had to set that down right. for a second, and I was like, oh, well, yeah. I'm I'm glad that you were there because she she was she was fine she was after uh, that's good. after that. So so give give your church a little plug here, you know, let the, yeah. let the people know. Yeah, so King of Kings Lutheran Church is is the congregation, and and uh, our our kind of motto or mantra whatever is that we are a family of faith on mission for good mm-hmm. uh our we're, you know we're a, a smaller size church you know mm-hmm. so we're there's you know about 100 150 people on a sunday we have a couple we have a very traditional lutheran service at 8 30 and at 10 o'clock is a more 
you know, band led, mm -hmm. uh, you know, more not lively, but there's a lot of kids and intergenerational and, and so on. That's when all of our kids programming takes place. Uh, we have groups that meet during the week uh, as well for community. Uh, we do a lot of, you know, serve it. There's different service ministries. Um, we run a community meal once a month at another uh, local congregation. Uh, we're involved with uh, delivering um, bread to different places that, that distribute that to those in poverty. I serve on the uh, as board chair, board chair for Love Inc. of North Oakland County, which is a a nonprofit that that helps those on the margins struggling with with poverty. Sure. Um, and, and so we do. You know, we're a small church. We have a big heart, and and we um, we try to engage. We just had a, a diaper drive uh, <laughs> for uh, Metro Detroit Diaper Bank that yeah. was sponsored put on between us and Moms Club of Lake Orion and and mm -hmm. a, a local uh, Mom Fit Fit for Mom as uh, the name of the company. Sure. They'd approach us about about doing that here, and so we really just try to find ways to. To, to to serve and, and positively impact the community um, you know in the in the name of Christ but you know for those who may not you know yeah. may not adhere to that either and well that was the thing when I was there when I was walking through you know the the, the lobby area then into the church everybody mm -hmm. knew I was new so it must sure. be a niche and they're like oh hey they would introduce themselves you know they're, they're so friendly kind that was really cool and yeah yeah, we we try to be because I know I mean you know for some even for somebody who you know is a, a person who's gone to church before like somebody who's who's would consider themselves a Christian you know it's it's hard to go to a new church. Sure. I don't like going when I'm when I'm on vacation. I almost rather stay home because it's just it's hard like to not know what to expect and yeah. and you know when and then when you have kids it's a whole nother I got you know there's a whole story about the time we went to another church and just there was a catastrophe in my mind it probably wasn't that bad but no. i was just frustrated by the whole thing no. um you know so we really try to um welcome in a way that's appropriate mm -hmm. you know we don't our people don't swarm you yeah. know because there's churches that do that they yeah. say oh young person like let's get them yeah. you know and we don't ignore either sure. you know so it's it's a delicate balance and so we try to be very intentional about um the warm welcome and the you know helping people to have a good experience and, and inviting them to, to come back and, and, um, you know, to have a, a pathway for, sure. for engagement for, for people. So I'm glad, I'm, I'm always glad to hear that, that that experience happens because, yeah. you know, I can talk about it and pray and hope it happens, but it's, <laughs> it's out of my control, uh -huh. you know, so, but our, our folks are great and they've been doing that long before I got sure. here. You know, they've always been, you know, been that kind of a, a welcoming you know, good first impression, good lasting impression type place. So well, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for yeah, doing this. Yeah, no problem. This is really fun. Good. Let's do it again sometime. We'll have to do so. a part two because there's a lot more we should dig into. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone. This is douching it up at the church. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye.